Hello, and welcome to What Goes Bump in the Night. Welcome to What Goes Bump the Night. My name is Riley Clark, and alongside me, as always, is Trevor Denson. And our special guest today. Hey guys, what's up? This is Alex. That took three takes, everyone. He straight up <laughs> malfunctioned. Sorry, we're just gonna bury you right there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hi, my name's What's my name again? <laughs> Oh, fuck it, Alex. But anyways, we are happy to be back after taking a little week hiatus. I quit for a week because of Labor Day. Actually, because of this story. That's right. We are back with another Does It Go Bump. Because it's Thursday Night Football tonight, too. Yeah. NFL kickoff tonight. baby Jesus. Put your money on the line to win the Super Bowl and you will get paid, motherfucker. Hopefully. 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 Okay. Well, I'm just going to dive right in because we have been bushing around the bush. <laughs> bushing around the bush for quite some time. Yeah. Let's let's just get right into the story. We're just not going to cut. Nope. You guys missed us for a week. Now here we are. Okay. So posted by Realistic Treacle384. I, I think it's how you say it. I'm going to go with that. Treacle. I wanted to say testicle at first. Treacle. Realistic Treacle. testicle. And the story is called, I am a serial killer. One of my victims was not human. Wasn't. Wasn't human. <laughs> Excuse me. It okay. literally means the same thing. It does. It? It's all the same. It's just hyphenated. When you say it again. Whatever. 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 Let me, let me read this top line. Okay. Red River Rippers strikes again. Ten more bodies wash ashore. It was a curious headline to read since I was quite sure I hadn't killed anyone that week let alone 10 people, the nerve of some people, acting as though I'm some sort of inhuman monster. No, I am nothing if not careful. And killing 10 people all at once was but, which begged the question, who or what had killed them? Thankfully, I was in the position to find out. Lionel was a frightful small town tucked away into a forgotten corner of the American outback. It was a timid little place that was maybe five years away from total collapse. Already the cracks could be seen, starting in with its absolutely pathetic police force. There were maybe five officers in total, and none of them knew what to do in the event of a homicide. So, they turned to the next best thing, a doctor, specifically me. Being the sole medical professional in Lionel, I alone had the knowledge to aid in the investigation. It was what made killing there so easy. So imagine the irony when there came a crime I was actually entitled to solve. As stated above, the bodies were all found washed up on the river shore. Strangest thing was, they were all found on the same shore. I assumed the killer had thrown the bodies into the river to hide the evidence. If that were the case, it'd been impossible for them to all wind up in the same location like they did. They also didn't suffer from bloating and decomposition associated with waterlogged corpses. 
Someone was trying to make these bodies look like my handiwork, or judging from their wounds, something. I am no mere killer, dear reader. A killer would chase someone down with a meat hook and mangle the body like a child with their toys. I, on the other hand, take good care of my victims. I start at the neck, delivering a single decisive cut before they can regain consciousness. I also keep them suspended by their feet so the blood doesn't stain their body. When all their veins have dried up, I clean the skin with formaldehyde. Let it dry for six minutes, no more, no less. After that, I apply a moisturizing cream to all the relevant body parts. Their bodies are speckless and pristine by the time they're ready to be chopped. Those ten, however, were mutilated, as if by a common dog. The skin and meat was splashed open, the edges of every wound jagged and unkept, and the bones were splintered as handled by the world's worst gardener. There was no respect for the bodies, none. It was despicable. It had to be an animal, I lied to the officers. No human would go through the trouble of desecrating the bodies in this way. There was some truth in that, but their condition had not been deliberate. Some scoundrel had figured himself the next Jack the Ripper and started slashing up the bodies with semblance of thought or skill, as if it wasn't disgraceful enough. They had the gall to try and pass the sloppy work as my own. I was furious when the news spread. In a single day, almost five years of careful cultivation had gone up in flames. My name meant nothing. The fear was incited. I should redo that. The fear it incited. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> was a boorish sort that even a child could conjure. No longer was the eye in the shadows you told yourself wasn't real. I was an animal that needed to be put down. Something had to be done, and being so close to the police gave me just the opportunity. Their investigation was as mismanaged and juvenile as always, but what clue did it unearth proved invaluable. All the bodies had been last seen in the same location, the old hunting grounds up by the lumber mill. According to their remaining friends, the trip was collective decision in order to celebrate one of their own recently getting engaged. The hunting lodge has them checking in at 3.07 in the afternoon. Sixteen hours later, a hiker happened upon them, faces down, bloated with river water. It was as good as any place to start. Of course, I had to be somewhat more discreet in my inspection than the police. An act I was more than prepared for. When I recognized my passion for the homicide arts, the first thing I did was shave my head and face of all hair. It was easier to paint a new portrait with a blank canvas. All it took was a wig, fake eyebrows, color contacts, and a surgical application of makeup. The lodge attendants had no idea it was me. No one ever did. There wasn't much to find in the hunting grounds, though. It was... After all, a forest. There were no shreds of fabric, no missing guns, not even a body part. Even the section that ran by the river was devoid of evidence. With the mess that had been made of the bodies, there should have been some trace of a struggle. If there was, the forest would not forfeit it. However, in the end, it did not need to. 
I found my first lead upon returning to the lodge after a long, fruit, fruitless day of scurrying the forest, passing through the main lobby. I overheard a particular conversation. A peculiar. Get this. The creep wasn't even wearing any neon or whatever. I almost thought he was a deer. What with all the skulking. My ears perked up at that, and I lingered near the hunters. Should have just shot the guy and spared the world an idiot. The other said. I almost did, but the fucker scamped off like a fucking rat or something. Couldn't exactly shoot straight with how dark it was. I couldn't even see my fucking gun. Two hunters enjoyed a hearty laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I was left to ponder what I had heard. For those who don't know, it's common practice for hunters to wear bright clothing as opposed to camouflage. It prevents other hunters from mistaking them for animals and the like. If what I'd heard was true, then someone had been skulking around the grounds at night whilst wearing dark clothing. There was no better suspect. A nighttime proclivities proclivities, had left me well prepared to capture my mystery man. The first step was making my way onto the hunting grounds undetected. I couldn't go through the front door, even whilst disguised. A careful enough eye could spy details, even makeup couldn't hide. I dressed for the occasion wearing nothing but black and snuck my way inside. The forest was an eerie place to be at night. Not for the long shadows cast under a plump full moon, nor the chill that slithered through the air. It was the sounds that came creeping from every unseen corner. I hated being in the middle of it. The snapping twigs, the whistling branches, the alien calls of animals skulking in the undergrowth. It gave me, one, the impression that at any moment something would leap from and drag you back into the shadows. I hate that sensation of being at the mercy of some figure in the dark. It gnaws at the corners of the mind robbing me of any peace of mind. In my younger years, it followed me wherever I went. It was in my closet, under my bed, and down the hall, fucking my mother. I feared such an itch would drive me mad. As I grew older, however, I found a solution. Why fear something in the dark when that something is you? That all changed in the forest. Once again, I was caught in the dark with all manner of monsters staring at me, as if I needed another reason to despise that crenaceous amateur. Cretinous, thank you. It's <laughs> a crenaceous. That's not even a word. <laughs> no, I was like, it sounded weird. Okay. The hunt was easier than any before it. In the forest, there were no prying eyes or passing witness. I only needed to worry about the hunters, but barely. They were far too focused on their own prey. Resisting the urge to drag them away was difficult. If only the temptation had been greater than my rage. I needed them after all. The trick to hunting a predator is not to track them, but rather their prey. I knew they couldn't resist for long. Sure enough, when the hour was at its latest, I spied someone moving through the undergrowth. I had been lingering near one of the hunters and spotted something approaching them. It started as a mere shade slinking through the underbrush and gradually evolved into a figure clad in black. They were remarkably skillful at stalking. 
Had I not expected them, I might not have spied their approach. Seeing them for the first time, I noticed something odd about the figure. It took me a while before I realized what exactly put me on edge. The figure made no sound. Not a little sound. None. Every shrub they brushed past and twig they stepped on were as quiet as corpses. It was as if someone had muted the figure. I had not seen them with my own eyes. Had I not seen them with my own eyes, I'd never have thought anyone was there. How are they doing that? I remember thinking as my hands crushed into fists. There was just an amateur. I ought to rip open their throat and hang them by their veins. And just when they were about to croak out their last pathetic breath, I'd cut them down. And no, calm down. Be professional. As talented as the figure was, they seemed to have trouble watching their back. I crept towards them with unrivaled skill and drew a syringe from my coat. In the past, I had strangled or even taken to knocking out my prey unconscious. When such methods proved too messy or slow, I turned to chemical alternatives. I crept through the undergrowth until I was right behind the figure, and then, in one swift motion, I stabbed the needle into their back. It was a routine I'd practiced many times over and like then. It did not fail me. The figure started to wobble before they gave me any sign of alarm and collapsed. Without even a whimper, I caught them before they could fall and slung them over my shoulder, where we're far enough away from the hunter that my actions, subtle as they were, remained undetected. The amateur was mine. A grin grew across my face as I rushed back through the woods. It had been some time since I'd been so excited for a kill. The mere thought of them tied up in my workshop almost made me squeal with glee. With how impatient I was, it was amazing I returned to my car without being caught. I zip-tied the figure's wrists and ankles before shoving them into the back and driving away, breaking every speeding law known to man. I drove not towards the town, but deeper into the woods. I had learned through a great deal of trial and error that it is better to keep one's workshop far, far away. First, it was storage containers that some noisy attendant looked inside. Then it was an <laughs> then it was an old cabin a teenager broke into. Finally, I bought an old camping trailer from a stranger online and parked it in the middle of nowhere. The inside was then covered in a fine layer of plastic wrap before I moved in my tools. They hung from every wall, rows and rows of blades from delicate scalpels to meat cleavers. They were laid flat against the wrapping, the cold metal complementing the lifeless plastic. You never knew what each victim would require, so it was best to come prepared. It was there, my shrine of steel, that I drove the amateur to, and here I would begin my work. I abandoned all pretenses of professionality once I stepped inside. The amateur was not to be my victim. They were meant only to suffer. I tied them to a chair and ripped off their morbid attire, piece by tattered piece. Beneath was a hairless, detailed face, quite similar to my own. It was hard to tell if there were supposed to be a man or a woman, but it would not matter. The sedative 
would wear off soon after all, and then I could start having some fun. It had been a while since I let myself indulge in my more unpolished impulses. I couldn't decide where to start. Perhaps I'd peel their skin or cut off an arm and feed it to them. Maybe I'd mangle their face and hang them in the town square, a dire message to those who dared to insult me. Yes, I thought to myself as I drew a blade from my workbench. My smile caught the reflection that would do just nicely. My wait was short-lived. Mere minutes after gathering my tools, the stranger began to stir. I had never regressed so much in a single instant all at once. I was a child again, skinning stray cats with a butter knife. What fun times. I turned to face my plaything just as their eyes opened. I'm almost disappointed, I began. It was no trouble finding you at all. Were you even trying to hide? Did you think I would not find you? It wouldn't be the greatest insult you've made. I stepped forward and placed the knife edge up under the chin. Do you know who I am? It was another second before they fully returned to consciousness. My heart thundered in excitement. First would come the screaming, then the struggling, and finally the begging. Sweet, succulent pleas for me to leave unabated. I held my breath and waited. A minute passed, and I still waited. And then a second, a third, fourth. I said, do you know who I am? I spat at the amateur, digging the knife deeper into their jaw. But my demand fell on deaf ears. The figure stared at me, not with fear or alarm, but with wide, curious eyes of a child. My excitement turned to anger under that gaze, and I dragged my dagger across their chin, a little motivation to help them play along. Yet, they still did not scream. There was not one sign of pain anywhere, and on their person, even as the blood trickled down their chin. My anger turned to confusion, and then to fear. What was happening? They hadn't even flinched. The bastards had to be mocking me. They were in pain, any person would be, but they refused to let me enjoy it. That pompous bastard! Anger burned through my veins like hot oil. I gripped the knife so hard my hand trembled and clenched my teeth until they felt as though they would shatter. I raised my dagger high over my head and brought it straight down on the amateur's hand. It was only then the figure reacted. They opened their mouth as if to scream, but what emerged was far worse. Their lips peeled back and I didn't and didn't stop at their cheeks. Their mouth stretched further than should have been possible, cutting up into the rest of their head until it looked as though it would be cut in two. What was under the hellish grin wasn't flesh or bone, left naked as the skin peeled away, but a face. My face to be specific. I stumbled back at the sight of me. I touched my own face as if to check if it was still there. The one I stared into was more than just a replica. However, it was a copy more perfect than my own, and behind it, those barren eyes staring out, the sight overloaded my mind in a single instant. All at once, I was ch a child again. 
waiting for that thing in the dark to come find me. Give it back, I remember saying. That's mine, my face. Give it back. I raised my danger once. My it says it, danger. I think it's dagger. dagger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I raised my dagger once again, only for the figure to open their mouth again. Their head peeled back and this time revealed my face from before my alterations. The bright hair, the chaotic arrangement freckles, even that mole I cut off were all present. Every detail I hated stared back at me while eyes remained as simple as ever. I wanted to bring the knife down. I thought with all my might trying to command my hand to rise, but I couldn't. It was my face. Before it, I was just the frail man who'd been trapped behind it. It was the figure itself that finally freed me. He opened his maw again and this time revealed a face I did not recognize. This was followed by another, and another, and another. Faster and faster the mouths opened until not even faces were revealed anymore. There were only rows upon rows of teeth stacked atop each other, and perpetually pulling back. By the time I noticed one pulling back, fifteen others had emerged from the maws and raced away. There wasn't even a mouth anymore, but mouths, within mouths, within mouths, like a twisted nesting doll. It was maddening to witness. My eyes tried and failed to follow the pattern only to sting from the effort. My civility melted away, and in the face of such impossibility, and was replaced with a single-minded drive, survive. Without thought, I ripped the dagger out of the re redundant beast hand with the intent of stabbing something more vital. However, the entire room divided into two, so whilst there was indeed a limb tied to the chair, another was caught on the blade and dragged out of the first. Another arm divided from the side, and of the one my blade was embedded in and then lashed back to said knife, the hand wrapped around my wrist and began splitting, hands sliding out of them from each like cards from a deck until a net of fingers has spread over my arm. I was trapped, with that thing mere inches away, folding and unfolding. I could not comprehend what I was seeing. Arms unfolded from arms in a swirling cascade of fractal limbs. Body parts split only to rejoin, twisting themselves into impossible shapes. Three arms sprung from the shoulder only to fuse at the wrist, leaving a single hand to be shared between them. Five other limbs wrapped around each other in a helix that ended in a flower of hands and fingers. It was a redundant monstrosity, with too many limbs, not enough space, an impossible nightmare that would no longer stay in the dark. It pulled me close, its endless grip wrapped tight around my arm, but I refused to be the demon's victim. My free hand fished through the air until my fingers grazed one of the many blades still hanging from the walls. Whichever knife it was, I quickly brought it down on the arms holding me, and cleaved through the meat and bone in one swift chop. Newly freed, I leapt away from the living paradox. Already its endlessly unwinding figures had filled the space in my RV, blocking the door with a tangle of body parts. There was still, however, one way out, in the back of the trailer, where the creation had trapped me. Creature? 
Just say what I say. Creation. Creation. Creature. I, I think either way would have worked. Yeah. True. There was a larger window that was easy enough to break. Using the knives, I shattered the glass and scurried out into the forest. I planned to rush to my car, but the creature had the exact same thought. Limbs exploded out of the side of the trailer and stabbed into the vehicle like arrows. They took deep swipes, ripping the car apart piece by piece until it was no more than a pile of scrap. The hands retracted and pulled the rest of the monstrosity out into the open, letting it unfurl to its true shape. It never seemed to settle. There was always some more to unpack, always a new limb to unveil. It rose to tower over the trees with a forest of shadows cast from it. Atop the web of limbs rested a head made of mouth and open upon <laughs> each tooth rested an eye. Eyes that one by one turned to look at me. I'd never felt so small in my adult life. With the knife in my hand I thought of cutting the creature apart, but this insanity was short lived. I couldn't deny that what that creature was or nor how powerless I was in the face of it. There was only one course of action left. I ran back into the woods like a fucking mongrel with its tail tucked between its legs. Pathetic. The creature had no intention of letting me flee so easily. It surged forth in a cascade of hands and feet, weaving through the trees like a swarm of insects. Despite its unorthodox physique, the creature was quite nimble. Its body was liquid. I believe in that it seemed to morph to fit between the trees. The sight was quite entice entrancing. If I do say so, whenever I had the time to sneak a peek, but it was impossible to forget the danger it posed. I saw it was nimble, but not enough to catch me. Its body battered against the trees with every step and broke off a number of branches. If I could be so bold as to speculate on such an alien creature, I do not believe it was comfortable with changing its shape. Compacting such a mass must have been difficult than unpacking it. Whenever shrinking was required, it slowed just enough for me to keep my distance. Though what little advantage this gave me could not last. I wove and ducked around as many trees as I could, trying to slow the beast down, but the chase was stretching on far too long. My lungs slowly began to boil in my ribs, staining every breath with a torturous dryness. Muscles ignited all throughout my body, most so in my legs, who felt as though they were trying to kill themselves. Already my pace had slowed, and the forest's unforgiving terrain offered no respite. I needed a plan, but how could I hope to best such a creature? The, so the short answer was, I could not. As much as I longed to feel its flesh beneath my blade, I would be always be my. It would always be my better. This meant the only option was to escape. But how? The answer came to me when the forest suddenly ended. I came racing out onto a barren roadway, bathed in moonlight, and stopped. Though the cracking of branches behind me, I heard a far more mundane sound, that of rushing water. And a lot of it. I saw a bridge passing over a rather tumultuous part of the river just down the road. The water wasn't quite as rapid speed, but they could certainly run faster than me. I only hoped the demon was, was unable to swim. It burst through the tree line. As I approached the bridge, I knew it was a risk. 
the flat road wouldn't delay the creature as the woodland thicket I had, but there was no other choice. I ran with all my might, forgetting the pain in my legs and lungs, feet hammering against the asphalt. Behind came a thunderous choir of footsteps that shook the earth and stirred the air. The road quaked. With such a ferocity, it became hard to keep my footing. I could imagine quite well what it would happen if that strength was turned on me. I had seen the bodies. The image was fresh in my mind as I ran and gave me just enough motivation to keep, to make it to the bridge. Bless you. <laughs> there was part of me relieved at the victory and so many more than wanted to grasp that feeling. Had I listened to them, I would not be here to recount this. I did not slow as I hiked up the bridge, although my progress had been accompanied by the creatures. It was close now, more so than I feared it ever would be. I could fear, feel the wind generated by its swiping limbs brushing against my neck. Sometimes I swore there was even a claw plucking at the hairs. But I was close, so close. I could see the edge of the bridge and hear the roaring water just below. Just a few more steps. That's all it would take. Three more, two more one and then jump i was in the air i was free all i had to do was let gravity take me but the fall never came my shirt snagged my shirt snagged under my armpits as something snatched me out by the collar a million fingers gripped the fabric and shifting shadow passed over me i didn't need to look up to see that smile unfurling and Infinium. Infinium? I don't even know what that word is. Already, I spied spindly hands reaching down to tear me apart. I had done most of the job for them, after all, bringing myself right to the river for prompt disposal. I could see it all play out before me. Tomorrow, they'd find my mangled body washed up somewhere. Then the papers would come, saying, Red River Reaper murders local doctor! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And my body it sounded too joyful. <laughs> it, it sounded like, yeah, buddy. We're back here in another hoon hollering. It, it, nothing happens in the small town. You know, they get excited about these things. <laughs> Not wrong. And my body would be swept away to make room for more victims. It would wouldn't just take my life. It'd lose my name. Fear turned to rage as such thought crossed my mind. I looked up at the creature and the impossible shapes it took my gaze alight with utter fury i may not have killed it but i could deny it one more victim and everything that was mine i raise my knife one more time and in one quick slash sever the part of my shirt it grasped the other arm shot out to grab me but the shock of my escape delayed them for long enough for the river to take me the cold of the water struck me like a lightning bolt and after the initial shock caused my focus to lapse. I had just enough strength to break the surface, not to breathe, of course, but to see what may be following me. I spied the bridge, already a mere speck in the distance, and atop it stood the creature. It never moved to follow. Even from the shoreline, it simply stood there, holding the only piece of meat it would ever get. Fuck you, I remember shouting, overcome by my feeling of triumph i win i win 
it was a moment I savor even to this day. Rare is it that I find such ecstasy even from my victims. It was the greatest victory I've ever known, but it was not yet complete. I floated on the river for hours, letting it carry me far away from the creature until the sun finally rose. Only then, when I felt the monster could not find me, I drifted to the river's edge and crawled ashore. I had been swept miles away to a town just south of my starting point. It was a tiny place, as insignificant as the dirt blowing through its streets, but thankfully had a police station in town. I remember marching through the door, dragging river water with every step, finding the nearest officer saying, Greetings! I am a Red River Ripper. I am the Red River Ripper. Would you be so kind as to arrest me? They didn't believe me, of course, but it was easy to convince them. I outlined my crimes in exquisite detail and took them out to see my trailer. Despite the damage, there was enough evidence within to finally arrest me. I pled guilty at the trial and was to the shock of no one, sentenced to death. News spread fast of my crimes and chilling efficiency with which they were undertaken. It was undeniable who I was and what I had done. I couldn't have asked for more, but that was not the best part. The 10 men who the creature had killed were all attributed to me, and I was more than happy to accept such an honor. I hope that creature, whatever it was, knows what I did and hope it hates me for it. Maybe it will come for me. I see no reason why it could not. Perhaps it will disguise itself as one of the guards or even the inmates. Perhaps no. Why be subtle when such a tremendous insult has been delivered after all? I'm a dead man already. I would at least know or want to know, at least want to die knowing <laughs> how great a wound I delivered. It has to not come, however. It has not come, however. God damn it. <laughs> the days have grown old, and yet here I am, rotting in a cell. I wonder if it does not care like I do. Perhaps it was simply a bloodthirsty animal. Perhaps what I did was simply a means of covering its tracks, or even worse, an accident. I fear it does not think of me. It's now six months since my conviction. The media attention of my crimes, assumed, has died down. Now, I doubt any of you know who the Red River Ripper even is. This is why I write this now. I have made friends with a group of smugglers in prison. If they are true to their word, they will find some way to make this message public. I do not know if I will leave to see it published. It's supposed to be live. <laughs> if I will live to see it published. Though the hope that someone may yet see this gives me a drive like nothing I have ever known. To whomever finds this, I leave you with this. I have killed a great many people. For their sakes, do not forget me or what I did. And if any you are to run across a beast with bodies upon bodies, coalescing within, kill it. And in the last moments, remind it of me. Let the last thought of that monster's mind be me. Holy shit. Someone comment, not a chance, freak. <laughs> <laughs> not a chance, freak. <laughs> Holy shit. That was a really good story. 
That was really good. I think that might be the ten out of the ten pinnacle of stories we've ever read. Ten here. out of ten bumpiest bumpy right there. If we could give an award today as a bumpy, in hindsight to what the bumpies were, this is it. This is the the pinnacle. <laughs> that's our horn today oh that was good that was that was really good it was really good like, like the tone the cadence of it like the descriptions he gave like it was all very detailed awesome and the monster itself i could picture it in my head the way he described awesome. it it was really good like, like with the ugh. teeth on the eyeballs and like the never-ending heads and mouths and Teeth it and... makes me think of the movie The Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. little bit, not like it's not probably, nearly as like. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I thought it was a good story. It's probably definitely mildly it's in, inspired yeah, it's, by it's The Thing. It's probably in in that realm of like what it would be. But yeah, that was balls to the wall action. I like how it had like some Dexter elements to it too. Oh like, yeah, the plastic. I'm an undercover like serial killer, and I've worked. He for works the... for the law enforcement, like not for law enforcement, but an arm of it where he does all the the probably mortician stuff of it where it's yeah. it's just awesome like this story was rocking it had everything you needed it gave the personal background of who they yep. are it told you about the town what it's like mm-hmm. like what you kind of learned with it like gave the you campers. some type of mystery where you were like what the fuck yeah like it, what is this it foreshadowed well yeah yeah, it was yeah. all great. I, the ending was crazy too. I did not expect him to just go turn himself. I'm going to turn myself in. I'm the Red River Reaper because he didn't want anything else to have more acknowledgement more clout. than him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he didn't want another killer in the town having more clout than him when he had an encounter with that killer and it's fucking alien. Can you say Red River Ripper five times fast? Red River Rippers. <laughs> Red River Ripper. Red River Ripper. <laughs> River Ripper. That's hard to say quick, but damn, son, that. Definitely let us know in the comments down below. If you haven't yet and you really like this story, don't forget to like and subscribe. It helps us get more viewership. It'd probably be on like a level nine right now, but if if I didn't fuck up any of the words and read it straight through, it'd probably be a ten for me. But I was like, it was still solid. I thought you read it well. It I had good. a very was, good time reading it. I was very it. intrigued with it because I didn't know the entire time. You, a lot of times with these stories, you can kind of predict where it's going to go. Exactly. This one, I had no fucking idea. Nope. Every step, I was like, what's going to happen when he gets this dude back to his trailer? I didn't think he was going to run into a shapeshifter. And then, boom, it's a fucking alien creature that morphs itself into a million hands and feet and whatever. Yeah, when he started going into depth about how it was splitting and hands were coming out of other hands. And its and, teeth have oh. eyes. And they're foul. It's got a million or eyes. Or how it's switching you. faces until it's just a maw of teeth. Like, Jesus, That part dude. was crazy, too, where he was like, I'm looking at my own face before I reconstructed it. And then it goes to his younger self's face before, yeah, before he It was playing some cosmetic. mind games with him, Fucking bro. Fucking crazy. Or the whole fact that, like, instead of it screaming when he gets stabbed, it's just like, thunk, 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 just switching faces. Like, fuck you. I just, I don't know. I loved it. Yeah, and then the whole jumping off the bridge and, like, survival aspect of the story was cool. Mm. Like, is he going to have to, like, you know, live it, in the woods or something? It cupped pretty hard when it caught him, though. I was like, he's getting away scot-free. I wonder if this is going to go. Nope! Caught by the shirt. Cupped. But he got away. Surprised he didn't get, like, hurt from the fall or something. I feel like you would have got hurt. I mean, I've bridge jumped before off of, like, you know, like, 15 20 foot high bridges and he didn't water. really say how high it was so. i bet i'm pretty sure it's probably like a standard 
like you know river bridge where it's probably well, 20 feet 25 i don't feet, know maybe. bro because when Somewhere it's going there. over heavy water they need to make that bridge super high because if it floods at that's all, it's true gonna fuck everything that's up. that's very true like water is the most powerful thing on earth you're Uncon- not wrong uncontrolled water can destroy anything look at what tsunamis do yeah it, exactly it, it takes a, a completely urbanized you know population and completely wipes them back to the stone age even hurricanes dude i mean look what happened yeah, to look katrina, katrina. Yeah. yeah exactly that's the perfect way to say that too because it's like new orleans is still rebuilding and it's been 15 years maybe even more i honestly don't remember what year it was in but it was it was not like it wasn't recent so <laughs> i think it was 2007 yeah, which would that's a long time ago now when you say it's 2022. Yeah. Like Jesus. Jeez, people, we are getting Jeez. up there in the years. We're getting old. I'm getting married in what, 16 days if that now? Let's say the 8th. Yeah. Yeah. Probably about 8 9 10 16 days 18. yeah about 16 days I was on the money. Yeah, buddy. I can do math in my head. I had to start counting my fingers. <laughs> Oh, that's another reason why we didn't do an episode last week because I was like, I'm ready to quit because of all the bullshit I have to do outside of this stuff. We're coming down to the wire and I'm going to cross that finish line with beer in my hand. <laughs> but anyways, folks, remember you can find us on every freaking podcasting platform that is out there. YouTube? YouTube definitely hit it up. I'm thinking I'll have our investigation of Lake Forest done by next week. Once you get that out, I have our investigation of the um, pop playhouse yeah the pop playhouse coming up after that shortly i need to do some more editing but we're gonna we're gonna stagger them a little bit so we can actually backlog a few of them so it's not gonna be like one right after the other so it'll probably be a week or two yeah give you guys enough time to consume it yeah i know you, you just love seeing our faces our ugly mugs yeah wait till you see my mustache <laughs> but we're super excited for these videos. This was an absolutely awesome story. We hope you enjoyed it. And remember, folks, to keep your ears and eyes open for what really goes. Bump in the night. Bump in the night. Love you guys. Bye. Bump it in the night. Bye.